Hey, and welcome to another episode of Devin's Bluegrass and American Roots Show, where, as always, guys, we are going to focus on bluegrass and American Roots musicians. Now, by the end of the show, I'm hoping that you guys will have as much passion for this type of music as I do. And I'm really excited for today's episode, guys. You want to know why? Because I recently had time to sit down with American Roots musician Sean Devine. An interview with him is going to be later in the show. But first, I thought we would start off with a track from Sideline's new album, Ups, Downs, and No Name Towns. This one's called Newton Grove. Alright guys, I've got time for one more track for you before I take a quick break. This one comes from Andy Leftwich. This one's called Pike's Peak Breakdown. Mm-hmm. 
All right, guys, I'll be right back for the interview with Sean Devine. This is Sean Devine, and you're listening to Devin's Bluegrass and American Roots Show. Then, more toe-tapping music brought to you by Val Story. All right, guys, welcome back. Let's jump right into the interview I had recently with Sean Devine. Oh my goodness, guys. Thanks to my friends at IBPR, I am sitting here with American Roots musician Sean Devine. So, Sean, when did you notice yourself professionally getting into music? I think I was maybe 16, a junior in high school, when I played my first paying uh, gig. I had a band uh, at that time, a, a real garage band. Uh, and uh, there was no place for us to play. There were no gigs for teenagers in the small town where I was going to high school. But the, uh, the band and choir teacher had heard about us somehow. And, and she decided she wanted to hire uh, my little combo to accompany the choir, specifically for a Beach Boys medley that that she was planning for them to sing. So she gave us uh, the sheet music for this Beach Boys medley, and she didn't know that I didn't know how to read notation at that time. And the, the other guys in the band did. The bass player and the drummer both knew how to read music. And, and I was faking it, and I was relying on, uh, I had records, I had a couple of the songs on an old like compilation record, and, uh, and another song that I had heard, but I didn't have on a record, and I decided to rely on my memory. And at the gig, it turned out that my memory of the third song uh, had some gaps in it. <laughs> as did my performance of the third song. But uh, I did my best to smooth that over. And, you know, it was small town high school. I'm not sure anybody noticed. The The choir teacher seemed pleased to pay us each 50 bucks, uh, me and, and uh, the guys in my band. And we were really happy to get 50 bucks. And I suppose that probably was, uh, it got me started on the, the, the long and twisting path of trying to find paying gigs for the rest of my life to the present. So, Sean, who are your musical influences? Uh, by the time I was probably nine or ten years old, uh, I had already decided I wanted to grow up to be Chris Christopherson. And, you know, I guess it takes a while. It takes some growing up to figure out that you can't actually grow up to be somebody else. And uh, I, that set in kind of hard. But I was also, even back then, you know, I was I was uh, interested in songwriters that strummed acoustic guitars. And, of course, when uh, John Prine came into my life, that made a huge impression. I also, by the way, was a fan of John Denver back in those days. And uh, and I'll admit, I was kind of heartbroken. I was tuning into uh, a John Denver TV special uh, one evening. And, uh, and this was, we had black and white TV, a little Zenith 
black and white TV, the screen was, I don't know, it was like maybe a 12-inch screen or something. And I was sitting close and, and leaning in because I was excited to see John Denver on TV. And, and he came out to host his his TV special and he was wearing a, oh, more like a John Travolta-style pantsuit. And, uh, and man, it shocked me. <laughs> You know, I mean, I just wasn't ready for like Mr. Rocky Mountain High with his vest and his hiking boots and and his uh, wire rim glasses. And Mr. Far Out was was suddenly like doing a John Travolta routine. It, it whew, man, I, I guess that was my first encounter with the, like the idea of a professional persona and how that could be mutable. And I, I wasn't ready for that at all. Uh, later on, I actually, it was, I think I was in my late teens. Uh, my second stepdad had a pretty good record collection. That's when I first started to really dig into uh, Dylan records. And I had a, I had a, a fairly long lasting fixation with Blood on the Tracks. Like maybe even kind of to the present day. But I listened to a lot of other, and I became a, a vinyl collector as a teenager too. I mean, I was buying records at the record store and, and records kind of all over the place. Uh, but I still listen to some of those records to this day and I'm still influenced by, by some of those same people even now as I was uh, back in my late teens when I, I really started to expand my musical tastes. So what recognition have you received? You know, growing up in Montana, uh, we really, we don't have any music industry uh, in Montana. And so I haven't, uh, I've never been on uh, like a real record label, for instance. I've never had uh, management uh, so far, at least. And so I haven't been uh, like professionally promoted. I, I don't know how a person even gets in the way of being nominated for for awards, for instance, um, you know, through various music associations or or a Grammy or something like that. I have no idea how that how that works. Uh, you know, Montana doesn't even have like statewide stuff. We don't have uh, any kind of state recognition for our arts community. It's it's really still kind of a, a frontier uh, in many ways artistically. So I have it. There's I've got I've got no trophy cabinet, uh, but no trophy case at all to show the recognition that I have received has been from uh, from individual listeners in smaller and larger groups as I've circulated around the country, uh, singing my songs, you know, playing shows for people, and uh, I can say that I have received certainly enough encouragement in that way to keep going. And, uh, and when I write songs nowadays, I, I write songs with my audience in mind. You know, I, I feel like we have a, a relationship, a conversation going so that, uh, so I'm, it, I'm, I'm saying my part when I present new music and I can kind of anticipate, you know, what, what that my, my audience's part of that conversation will be. It's, it's, uh, it's cool that way.
All right. So what are some of your personal goals you wish to achieve through your music? I suppose if there's something out there like the ultimate uh, song, the ultimate lyric, poetry uh, that could be achieved uh, or to have done something that at least I as an artist feel like is, uh, is, is in some new territory, just a little bit beyond uh, what I've heard and, and seen and felt before as a creative artist. That, that, that feels like a goal, you know, to me to keep kind of reaching for something just a little beyond what I'm used to or, or, or doing something that I might kind of expect from myself in some way. Uh, it's a conversation with myself too, you know, so I'm, I'm, I'm responsive to that. And, uh, I suppose the ultimate personal goal in all this is to, is to stay in the conversation, you know, to have a listening mind and to still be receptive to, to inspiration, to, to the, the good, sweet ideas, uh, as they, as they drift around and hopefully uh, at least pass through my head. <laughs> Do you have a website and or social media fans can find out more about you? Yes, the website is at www.shondivinemusic.com and it's spelled in the Irish way, S-E-A-N-D-E-V-I-N-E music.com. And thank you for asking. So, Sean, where did the inspiration for your new record come from? Uh, the inspiration for Here For It All, uh, generally, across the album, came from a lot of different places, uh, man, to be honest, because these songs come from uh, different periods of time. Some of the songs are 15, 16 years old, and some of the songs on the album were only a few weeks old when we went into the studio and uh and the producer of the album josh thompson uh, chose the material out of a big grab bag of unrecorded titles that i had accumulated and uh and so there really wasn't like one single point of inspiration but what we discovered after we'd recorded these songs that josh liked and and put them together in a in an album sequence is that there's a narrative there that certainly does reflect a period of change and, and personal uh, evolution, I guess you might say, in my life. And, uh, and uh, the main inspiration during that period of time has been uh, my wife, Quinby, uh, who's been very helpful to me in, in making that transition it's yeah, really kind of a, a glimpse into a much longer story uh maybe sometime we'll sit down and, and we'll talk about that too and finally sean how would you introduce one of your favorite tunes off the record you know one of my favorite songs uh on the record is is called feeling like an old piece of wood and it was a song i wrote just kind of off the cuff i was just fooling around you know, not taking myself or the song or anything 
that day very seriously. And uh, I was surprised Josh picked it kind of, you know, that it was something he wanted to record even. But then those musicians got a hold of it, the tone deaf hippies, and, and, it, and it gradually turned into this really cool groove, the overall presentation. I really, I personally am surprised how it came out. I, I, I love how it came out. And, uh, and sometimes when I'm getting ready to play and sing that song, I just like to let people know that this is either about an old boy who's feeling like a tree or a tree who is feeling like an old boy. <laughs> South wind is howling. You don't bend, you're gonna break. It won't bring no rain. Had all of this heat that I can't take. It feels like the ground's on fire. Grass is crackling beneath my shoes. Run to the river, but I'm planted here so long that I can't move. Lord, I need some water. Get it for myself if I could. I'm stuck here in the ground, feeling like an old piece of wood.
Alright guys, I've got time for one more track for you before I get out of here for the week. All of you Atkinson family fans are going to recognize this next one because they recently recorded it on their album J-Bill Station. Here's Val's story with her version of Love at the Five and Dime. Rita was 16 years, hazel eyes and chestnut hair. She made the Woolworth counter shine. Eddie was a sweet romancer and a darn good dancer. They waltzed the aisles of the five and dime. played the steel guitar and his mama cried cause he played in the bars he kept young Rita out late at night so they married up in Abilene lost a child in Tennessee oh but still their love survived and they'd dance a little closer to me Dance a little closer now Dance a little closer tonight Dance a little closer to me Hey, it's closing time and love's on sale Tonight at this five and nine One of the boys in Eddie's band Took a shine to Rita's hand Eddie ran off with the baseman's wife Oh, but he was back by June Singing a different tune And sporting Miss Rita back by his side And they'd sing Dance a little closer to me Dance a little closer now Dance a little closer to Five and nine. 
Hey guys, thanks for tuning in again to another episode of Devin's Bluegrass and American Root Show. A special thanks goes out to Sean Devine for being my showcase band this week. Stay tuned for the next episode of Devin's Bluegrass and American Root Show coming out in the next few weeks. <laughs>